if we can work with our technology partners to build a platform that allows them to do their job remotely with all the information that an on-site team member would have, and sometimes more because we're getting real-time data feeds from a couple different sources, then even better that we can provide some new career opportunities for those team members, give them the job flexibility that everyone in the labor market is looking for, and keep that talent in-house. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people that bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees. And joining me is a co-host that we haven't heard from in a while, Willie. What's going on, Wes? Happy to be here. I know it's the first time here in 2023 and honestly, entirely long overdue, but excited to have this conversation. Uh, Excited. And of course, Willie Butler with Empower Property Management. For those that don't know what Empower Property Management Consulting is, give us a little bit of background. In the short version of it, we're the number one nationwide leasing firm in the student housing industry with the sole purpose of increasing real estate investors' revenue by multiplying their leasing velocity, right? So through three major P's, through practice, people, in perpetuity. Really diving into the things on the ground with empirical data, rolling our sleeves up, strapping our boots on and going out and doing the leasing, multiplying leasing velocity, and then being able to create a story to tell about it, right? But in the, on the people side of it, empowering people. So we're not only signing leases, we're empowering the teams on the ground to be able to do it long after we're done and create a legacy. So it's not just in that moment, we never have to get a phone call from that property again, right? We want to continue to pour into them and create that legacy. And that's where the perpetuity comes in. Yeah, well, it's it's been fantastic. You know, not only am uh, you know are you a co-host here, but uh, you know I've also had Empower at a couple of uh, of properties, and you guys have done a fantastic job. And and I appreciate I've, that. I've seen all of that strategy come together, and and how well you guys do, and just excited what you and Victoria have have been able to put together, and um, and then this year. <laughs> It's, it's been one of those years where everybody's doing really, really well. Development is, uh, is kind of, uh, you know, it's a little low key this year because of things that got delayed over COVID. I know you guys are, are looking for more opportunities. And what I really like about what you're doing is you're kind of taking that slow time that you've got right now of empowering other people, like you said. <laughs> and one of the main reasons I wanted to get you, you know, get you on here to to talk this week is you've started something on LinkedIn, kind of a daily motivational thing that I think folks really, especially site level folks really need to plug into because we're coming off of this holiday coma or whatever everybody for the most part i'm not not saying everybody's in a in a great leasing situation but for the most part especially in the tier 1 schools everybody's done really well over the over the fall and there seems to be a little bit of mentality of okay what am i supposed to be doing right now <laughs> because we're 20 points you know ahead of where we were this time last year People just seem to come in the in the door. We don't really have to go out and market. But you're you're putting out some things that I think are really, at least for me, when I heard it earlier this week, there were a couple of things that were like, oh yeah, that's something I need to be, I need to be focused on right now. I need to have my teams focused on right now. So 
tell us a little bit about what you're doing with with LinkedIn. First things first, I'll say to everybody who's doing well, um, as far as like leasing goes this year, congratulations, continue to crush it. Wildly happy for everybody and all the numbers I'm already seeing 100% across LinkedIn. I mean, it's at a faster rate than, I mean, honestly, I've ever seen it. So, I mean, big kudos to everybody who's out there crushing it on the leasing side. Bittersweet because I need you to need me, right? Like, <laughs> stop crushing it, right? Like, stop leasing so well. No, I'm happy for everybody. It shows, you know, just development and growth in the industry. And I mean, something is working right now. I mean, whether, I, I don't know, there's there's a lot of different variables there, but it's it's exciting to see. But even though you may be crushing it on the positive side year over year, or you're seeing fast releasing numbers, whether it's just market wide or you, you in particular, you guys are doing well. It's really important that we don't get comfortable, right? I mean, a lot of the times it's small successes that are our biggest setback, right? Yeah. It's we get comfortable with like little wins. The fact that we're 10% year over year over year, right? Or, you know, 5% year over, over year over year. So we start getting comfortable and complacent or some of those people who aren't necessarily there and they're not necessarily leasing at the pace that they want to. Regardless, until we cross the finish line, it's important to always stay the course, right? Always keep an, keep an eye on what the what that end goal was, right? What was the reason why we started in the first place? What was my goal? And if the goal is not realistic, if it's not attainable, take a second look at what those goals actually are. Redefine your activities. What are we doing to actually accomplish those goals? So more than anything on LinkedIn right now, really just want to put out content to remind people that January 1st is not the only time for you to make New Year's resolutions or set goals for yourself, whether that's personal or in your leasing efforts. Or I mean, maybe it's maybe it's not leasing, maybe it's operational, whatever the case may be. This is something that we need to be doing on a consistent basis because, I mean, statistically, 25% of people have already quit on those New Year's resolutions that they set January 1st. Within the first week, 90% of people don't necessarily see their resolutions come to succession yeah. throughout the course of the year. So, right, we're, we're on that. We're at that point where people are starting to decline in all that motivation and all that momentum. So more than anything on LinkedIn, I just want to give you an extra recharge and a reminder that you still got it. And now's the time to take a second look at those goals and really go out there and crush them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of folks out there that are already a hundred percent and they're kind of sitting back thinking, okay, what do I do now? And it's, uh, it's never too early to start thinking about next year. Oh, absolutely. You know? And, um, I, that, that, that was something that you said the other day that kind of, um, you know, triggered some, some things I was thinking about and, you know, wanted to, to bring you on. The other reason I wanted to bring you on is because we had a, a shop talk uh, last week. And for those that don't know about shop talk, it's a monthly call that we have for the industry shop stands for student housing operations. So if you're involved on the operation side, you definitely need to be a part of it. If you're on the owner investor side of it, there's a lot of insight that you can gain from it. And I would highly suggest that you be a part of it. Really good conversations every single time. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's it's not something, I mean, yes, Student Housing Insight produces it, but this was something that came out of our regular listeners understand this, you know, something that came out of COVID where there was the executives with all the operating companies in the country, you know, were coming together with a what started out as a weekly Zoom call just saying, hey, what are we what are we doing for our people? What are we doing for our residents? You know, how are we going to respond to this and that? And that went on for about two years. And then there was this discussion that I kind of got brought into of, hey, 
what are we going to do with this? You know, are we going to continue having it? Do we need to expand the audience? What are we going to do about content? And, you know, I said, Hey, let me, let me help out in any way we can. And so, so that ended up developing shop talk and shop talk is of course produced by us, but it's led by a six member leadership committee that they're all executives within the student housing operation side of things. And they're really the ones that I meet with on a monthly basis to say, hey, what kind of topics do we want to talk about, you know, in the next month or two? What's hot? What are things that people are, are really questioning? And so that's been fantastic in helping come up with, with the content. And one of the things that they put on my roadmap back in November was centralized all centralized services, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, that's perfect. I'm doing something at LeaseCon, moderating a panel on centralized services. And <laughs> I was like, maybe we'll just do a repeat of the folks that are on that panel. And then I realized after getting done with that, that there was no way we could talk about centralized services as a whole. You're talking about turn, you're talking about AR, you're talking about so many different things from a centralized services standpoint that you can't, you know, we've got 20, 25 minutes on these panel discussions with shop talk. And so I was like, okay, we've got to just pick one. And so I went out to LinkedIn, put up a survey and said, Hey, what do we need to focus on with centralized services? What are you most interested in hearing about? And of course, leasing was the one that went out at 47%. I think term <laughs> came in second. And so we kind of got off to the races with finding the folks that are currently involved with centralized leasing. And it was, it was fantastic. We'll, we'll play that, that panel discussion here in just a little bit. And let me get something straight about centralized leasing, because I've had a lot of folks come up to me and say, oh, we've done centralized leasing for years, decades, whatever. And you start finding out, okay, this is actually like a regional player, maybe they're in one market and having five, 600 beds scattered out all over Chapel Hill, but you've got a leasing center on Franklin street. Like that's not centralized leasing. That's just market leasing. (laughs) So, So, you know, let me kind of set what we're talking about with centralized leasing, which is some type of used to be a call center, but we've kind of gotten away from the call center. It's kind of scattered. It could be multiple sites, but basically a network of of associates who are focused on not just setting up. It used to be several years ago, decades ago, <laughs> centralized services going into a call center. The call center was basically trying to schedule an appointment. Absolutely. Well, now because of the pandemic and how much everybody really depended on online leasing. Yep. And of course, within student housing, Gen Z is completely comfortable with that. Yeah. It's now something where they're actually trying to close the lease through those call centers or or whatever that network is of associates that they put together to do that. So so yeah, we'll we'll play that here in a little bit, but I wanted to chat with you because you and I've had this discussion along with Greta many times of <laughs> how much do we need to rely on the salespeople versus the process, right? And making sure that our website is, if someone wants to come on and completely A to Z, get a lease done, they can do that. Yep. And you and I were talking about before we hit record that for me, I'm fine with talking to a chat bot, 
talking to AI or whatever to find out what I need to know, because I'm, I'm, if you look at a DISC personality assessment, for those that don't know about DISC, just go out and, and Google DISC personality assessment, and um, you'll get a, a good overview of that. I'm a high C, and so I want to look at everything from kind of a, a bottom line, you know, here are the numbers, and here are a lot of the specifics, and I can make my own decision from that. My wife, who's a very high I, she will never make a decision if that's all she's presented. And she's got to make a decision based off of what type of conversation she has with the person. She has to have a salesperson. And I'm not saying that's the case in every purchasing decision she makes, but it certainly is when it comes to places that we've rented or homes that we've bought or whatever. It's come down more to how she felt about the salesperson than anything else. Absolutely. And I really want to just kind of get, because you're in this every day, obviously your business is doing pre-leasing for new devs as well as other properties that, that may be struggling. What's your feeling on that? Well, man, uh, <laughs> you brought up conversations that we had that you and I both share with Greta and both very passionate people with sometimes opposing views on, uh, on topics with this one in particular, right? People over a process or process over the people, right? Um, the salespeople that is, yeah. it was low key traumatizing. I got to, I'm not going to lie. Right. I always, <laughs> every conference I see her, I reference the Greta Thunder. Cause she's, she like, I think I'm passionate, but she has a lot of heat behind her. <laughs> no, but I'm still, I'm, I still haven't wavered in my perspective, man. I still think in some degree, right. Um, especially with me sharing a lot of, you know, personality traits with that of your wife, right. I'm, you know, I'm an eye as well for talking about the disassessment, right. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that me personally, and, you know, like the approach that we take a lot is like, people don't buy products, they buy people. And a lot of times it does take that person on the other side. Now, granted, yes, we are in a generation where, you know, everything, gig economy has changed quite a bit. Social media has changed quite a bit. We want everything instantaneous, right? Click of a button. A lot of times we can eliminate the conversations, um, you know, out of the equation. For some people that works. For me, I'm not the guy that wants to talk to the automated response. Just click to, you know, take care of everything on the phone, right? I want to call, I want to speak to the sales representative. Amazon is already hard enough for me, right? I'm happy that I can just click away, but man, sometimes I want to know your opinion on something, right? I'm again, kind of what we talked about before, even if I know exactly what I'm going to order on a menu, right? Like at a restaurant, I know it. I've been looking at it. I've been studying it because I know it's date night, right? I know what I'm going to order off that menu. I'll still go. And when the waiter comes around, I'm going to ask their opinion, not because I value their opinion more than my judgment, but a lot of the times if I'm interested in a product, I'm more so looking for, and people are more so looking for justification that they're on the right track. Am I moving in the right direction? Is it okay for me to be interested in this product, right? And I mean, that that goes a long way. So I believe that the human is still absolutely necessary to be in this process, especially when somebody's trying to buy a home, right? This isn't just, you know, something you're going to pick up from the gas station. Yeah, it's not really about taking, you know, humans out of it because in that centralized setting, there's certainly the the chances are you're going to end up talking to somebody and don't get me wrong. I mean, you can, you can enter that process of doing online leasing and never speak to someone, but everybody that's creating this, there is that option of talking to someone. Uh, So it's not taking the the human out of it, but I do think it's taken 
at least the way I feel like it's going is, you know, it's it's taken that face to face, human to human element out of it. Absolutely. And and again, for me, like I'm fine not <laughs> not yeah, dealing, yeah, yeah. dealing with talking with anybody. But you know, for for other folks, that's just not the case. And Absolutely. you know, it's not long it, gone, Wes. Well, and and I think. You know, the, the main reason I wanted to kind of talk with with you about it is I asked some of these panelists in our pre-call that we had about, do you think this is the way it's going? Like, this is just the way that we're going to we're going to lease moving forward? Or is this kind of an overlay to what we already have in place? Or maybe we're able to reduce, you know, if we've got a staff of four full-time leasing agents, maybe we can drop down to two or something like that. And, you know, the response was, for now, it's an overlay because we're still trying to figure everything out. But a couple of them said, no, this is where we want to go. I think it's really great. On this panel, you'll hear from Kaylee Poor with the management. And they actually rolled out their centralized leasing prior to the pandemic in January of 2020. So before everything went on lockdown, which was great timing. And they've got everything in place from, you know, the self-guided tours. They've got, their, they've built their own app for that. It's really, really amazing what they've been able to put together and they've got really good results from it. Absolutely. Dealing with a, a portfolio their size that I feel like they've really done it perfectly. Then on the other end, we've got Jacob Kozier from Cardinal where they have put, Jacob joined them back over the summer and he's leading up all centralized services. And right now they've just put centralized leasing out to 11 different properties, some students, some conventional. And like everything Cardinal does, it will be very much a kind of a graduated rollout and they'll figure out what the problems are and get them fixed. But they are, compared to the other folks on our panel, deploying a good amount of AI. 85% of that process is being taken care of by the, the AI and the other technology they're deploying. My wife would get lost in that. <laughs> I'm being honest. She would just end up getting lost in it. Selfishly, I was really invested in this because again, I'm, I'm very much like your wife. And because of that, right? Like us and Lease Magnets, we actually teamed up to create a centralized leasing platform as well, right? Gotcha. Um, yeah, where basically... The same thing that you're saying, right? We don't want to eliminate like the, the human face-to-face contact out of it, right? I mean, Wayne Gretzky said it best. When asked why is he so good at what he does, he was like, I skate to where the puck is going, right? Not to yeah. where it's already been. If this is where the puck is going, we want to get in front of it. We want to make sure that this is a service that we could provide as well. But to your point, catering to all of those different personality types. If you're the one that just wants to click through and just handle the lease on your own, absolutely do it. But sometimes that face-to-face component is necessary. Us and Lease Magnets, we're teaming up and look, 2023 is going to be huge when it comes down to this whole centralized leasing thing. So when I tuned in, I was kind of listening with a blank ear like, hey, I want to hear everybody's perspective. And Sounds like an announcement you just made there, Willie. I did. <laughs> look, shameless plug. I had, to, I had to put that in there a little bit. Um, because, I mean, when, when we're talking about it, right, I mean, naturally, that's that's where I'm at, right? Like, And the service is going to be fantastic simply because from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m., people are going to be able to receive leasing service from people in the industry that are experts in generating leads. And then if I do say so myself, right, non-biased opinion, some of the best at closing the leads in the the student housing industry, right, from tried and true tactics 
But these guys are always going to be there in front of people, again, from a lot of the waking hours where leasing is being done from a centralized and an in-person position. Yeah. So, I mean, when you said, is this the way that it's going or, you know, is this kind of just like a phase, right? A layover? I don't think it's an or conversation. I think it's an and conversation. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we do away with the people on the ground, but maybe have an additional added support from a centralized location if we're training our people the right way to do the right things, right? Because some people are just going to want to walk in and take tours. We can't yeah. do away with our ability to showcase the property the right way. But, you know, centralized leasing is absolutely, I mean, that's that's a conversation. And at LeaseCon, when you hosted that panel, everyone was in there. Everybody wanted to hear about it because this is, I think people are going to start experimenting. And, you know, I'm excited that, you know, you can use us as a beta. We talked about that several months ago that you may be looking to do a pivot like that or, you know, what that would look like. And so that's fantastic that you're doing that. Excited about the the partnership with Lease Magnets on that. And for those that don't know about Lease Magnets, they've created this little widget that you're able to put on your website to do a virtual tour. I'm pretty sure the website's leasemagnets.com, but we'll put it in the show notes. But Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense from your standpoint, too, because I could see where not every company out there is able to do what Cardinal is able to do. V is a small company, but, you know, they were able to put something together. And from the way that Kaylee explains it, they're also using folks that are at different sites. Absolutely. To handle that overflow and everything. And so, but there's a lot of companies out there that are not going to be able to roll that out internally, but they could come in and add you guys as that overlay. Man, they're getting fantastic sales agents if they do that. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) I know how you train your people and yeah, that's why I've I've used you so much because they all get it. They are the personality type that reflects you. And that's what is so key on, you know, having that type of person um, on the ground or in a call center. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. I can see that too. Well, that's, that's good news. Glad to hear that. Absolutely. Well, we'll go ahead and um, play the audio from, from that Shop Talk discussion and stick around for the end. We'll do a quick outro and talk about some other things that are coming up. Well, guys, the folks with our leadership committee for Shop Talk had kind of tasked me back in November when we met about some topics they wanted to talk about. And one of them was around centralization. And I thought, great, because, you know, I've got a panel that I'm moderating at LeaseCon TurnCon on centralization. That'll be fantastic. And the one thing I came away from on after moderating that panel is there's no way we could talk about everything in a 25-minute segment <laughs> as it relates to centralization. So I did put out this LinkedIn poll and asked everyone, hey, what's the one you want to hear most about? And, of course, leasing one with 47%. And uh, so I was able to work on getting a great panel together, and I want to have them introduce themselves. Also, again, just to remind everybody, love for you to ask your questions. Make sure you put them in the Q&A. And also, if you want to request to speak and come onto the stage, you can do that as well. But, Jacob, let's if you'll start with you, and I'd like for each of you to kind of just give us a brief overview of where each of your firms are at with centralized leasing. 
Yeah, happy to kick us off here. So I'm Jacob Kosher. I'm the Vice President of Centralized Services at Cardinal Group Companies. Uh, for those of you who don't know Cardinal, we're the third largest student housing manager, second largest in the, in the uh, third party space. But like a lot of others in our space too, we are not just student housing. We're also in conventional housing and have a pretty sizable affordable housing portfolio as well. And I note those because when we're thinking about centralized leasing, we're not thinking specific to student housing. I'm a big advocate for you can't do centralization without standardization. So we're looking across all of those asset types to say, how can we deliver a consistent customer journey regardless of the asset type, regardless of the asset class to help differentiate Cardinal in this space. And as we'll get into a little bit in this conversation, the centralized leasing is just one of a couple different things we're approaching with Cardinal's structure on, on centralized services that brought my role to fruition. I'm very happy to be part of the Cardinal team now. And what I think we'll get into here in a little bit is our approach has been to see how can we use some new tools that are out in the industry right now, specifically artificial intelligence tools, to bring down the volume of incoming communications and the back and forth that is required with prospects during during the beginning of the leasing process uh, to save our save our on-site team some time. Because as we heard from the previous panel, yes, leases are flying off the shelves. Leasing velocity is great right now. However, we are in a very tight labor market. And so how do we maintain the talented team members on site to deal with that leasing velocity, given the challenges that all of us have with hiring? And I'll share a little bit more about how Cardinal's tackling that uh, on today's panel. Great. Kaylee? Hello everyone, my name is Kaylee Poor and I am the Acquisition and Market Analyst for V Management. We're a vertically integrated real estate investment and management firm. We currently operates almost 3,000 student housing and multifamily beds across the nation. I've been in the student housing space for about six years and V Management has managed over 40,000 beds in its 20-year tenure. Our company's approach to centralization has been years into making and is heavily influenced by two factors. The first being our people who not only have extensive experience in the hospitality and student housing industries, but are entrepreneurial in spirit and our guests and residents who are digital natives and innovators. With these two factors, we started our centralization model by consolidating our phone system to a cloud-based platform. We rolled out our in-house self-guided touring app for show, and we also utilize performance analytics on Entrada to assess and train our brand ambassadors and remote teams so they can continue to excel in their sales processes. So following our core values of value creation, integrity, entrepreneurial spirit and enthusiasm, we wanted to create a model that combines both innovative technology with our passionate people to offer the most customized yet user-friendly approach to the entire lead to lease cycle. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys about it because you guys have, have rolled it out 100% across the portfolio and it was something that happened pre-pandemic for you guys. Mm -hmm. Good timing, by the way. Ken, um, <laughs> let's go to you next. Sure. So, uh, yeah, my name is Ken Fox. I'm the leasing and operations specialist for Varsity Campus. I've been with Varsity Campus going on five years now, and we are pretty much solely student housing. We manage over 6,500 student housing beds, which has you know, greatly increased since the thousand beds when I, when I first joined the company. And, you know, we are in the process of kind of, and I'm spearheading the development of our centralized leasing service. And that's something that, you know, this year we're really trying to gather data and, and enter some markets that we know need help. 
and we know you know the centralization of leasing could really support those those individual properties so gathering data this year and really kind of uh looking to do a complete rollout or, or a larger rollout for for this upcoming uh, leasing season for next year great and let me kind of start off by telling a little bit of a story when it comes to me and centralized leasing Back in fall of 2018, I made a trip to to the UK to um, meet with some operators that were that are there and uh, some PBSA operators there, and kind of just shadow them, talk to them a little bit about you know how they're operating, and kind of get a sense for how things were being done there. My biggest takeaway was centralized leasing and how they approach it. It's very much like scattered site operators do you know here in the states where you've got everything's happening at a central location you know if you go on site you're not going to see a lot of staff you may see a den mother type figure versus having a a leasing manager there and a leasing staff and general manager and that you just don't see it there especially in in london and some of the more metropolitan areas and those campuses so i was amazed at how just efficient everything was i was also amazed that the students actually were completely fine with it and when i came back to the states all through 2019 i was trying to tell people about this and everybody looked at me like you're no that's never going to work here um and here we are 2023 and we're talking about your groups rolling out centralized leasing <laughs> so I, with that being said sorry that's a slide from last month I want to talk a little bit about the blueprint. What did you guys use? Was it was it that European model? Was it something that you looked at outside of our industry with the medical field, insurance? What was it for you guys that you, you looked to to try to figure this out? As I stated, our company has a large number of senior leaders and team members who have extensive experience in the hospitality and student housing industries. But what really helped is the insights from our team members who had that hospitality experience to help pave the way as to how we lease, facilitate, and market our destination communities. The hospitality industry is known for having a highly competitive nature and having to adapt quickly to the new technology that's out there, which is integral to streamlining their processes, reducing costs, lowering staff workloads, improving the customer experience and increased revenue and generation potential. So that's where we took those ideas of how those big hotel chains manage their sales, manage their bookings, and we've been able to successfully translate that into the student housing space. Yeah, and from our perspective, you know, I think everything that Kaylee said is all relevant. And and we just uh, took, you know, this is something that we've been talking about for for a couple of years at this point now, I and mean, I think COVID was was really that driving force behind us, you know, making the change. And, and also, you know, it comes from what our prospects are saying and what our residents are saying. Um, and we really feel like we can have a centralized team that has a, a consistent message and a very you know professional message to all of our our prospects. Um, and that's just going to help us in the future, just as we onboard new properties um, or as you know, site teams turn over, which is something, uh, unfortunately, after COVID, we've seen a lot of you know site team turnover and a tougher time really getting qualified members on the site team, especially in maybe tertiary markets like uh, Oswego, New York, you know, where <laughs> it's uh, you could have some really great students in that industry and or in that market and really great students who want to continue with leasing, but they don't want to be in Oswego, New York for the rest of their life. So 
that's something that we're really finding as, as one of the major benefits as far as uh, the centralization goes. Jacob, you guys have got a whole blueprint for several things on the centralized side, but let's just let's just talk about leasing. What what have you used to put that together? Yeah, just leasing. Well, since we were trying to tackle a holistic view of how can we centralize not just leasing, but operations, our process started with engaging an outside consulting company to look at our existing operating model and really just kind of give us a roadmap to say, if this is where we want to get with centralized leasing, What's it going to take from a technology partner standpoint, from a personnel standpoint? What's the financial investment going to be like to get there? And once we had that wrapped up, we went into demo mode. I think all of us on this call and on this panel, we probably get those emails from vendors all the time. We just opened ourselves up to talk to anyone who is in the space about providing leasing services and to build a deck that we thought would be uniquely Carmel. And I think that's what a lot of companies and like, like, uh, like we're talking about today will start pursuing is what works with their operating system, what works with their asset classes. So our blueprint was saying, we'll talk to anybody. Uh, we knew that AI was going to be the first thing that we targeted. So we had conversations with every AI provider, not just in the multifamily housing space, but even those who were in adjacent spaces. And we came up with a technology stack that some of them are multifamily specific, others work in multifamily and other spaces. So we were able to find things along the way just about general consumer behavior trends that we think are gonna benefit our leasing efforts long-term. Things like one of the AI tools we use is also in the healthcare space. They came to us and said, your current process of saying, when can you come in and tour is counter to consumer behavior. Because when you're calling to make a doctor's appointment, when you're calling to make a haircut, or you're calling to get your I, my cars in the shop getting, you know, an oil change right now, they don't say, when can you come in? It's you can come in Thursday at 8 a.m. or we've got Friday at 2 p.m. So what we heard from these AI tools was consumer behavior is limit options. Usually best case is two different options. That also creates a sense of urgency. So those prospects feel like, oh, I'm locked in for Thursday at two o'clock. There's limited availability here. I'm more likely to show up as a result of it. So having those conversations around building out our blueprint also helped to make sure that the centralized leasing model that we were building, we're meeting the changes in consumer behavior that we're seeing. Great. So Kenny, I want to ask you because you guys launched this kind of back in June and you guys are pretty strategic in the group of properties that, that you guys launched it on. Just answer that that question for me. What should an operator look to when they're choosing their beta properties that they want to launch this on? Any insight? Yeah. So for us, it was really looking at previous leasing performance, you know, seeing whether they were successful or whether they needed extra help, especially considering the data that we have from the increase in, in leads that we're getting. If they were struggling with leasing, then we really needed to look at that from a top-down perspective and see why that was. Also, you know, at all of the sites that we currently are focusing on the centralization of leasing, they all already had a decreased amount of staff or a lower staff than we would have budgeted for or hoped for with trouble kind of filling those vacancies or filling those spots um, on the on-site team. We, instead of filling those on the on-site team, we hired, for example, one leasing manager or one centralized leasing manager who can then you know, manage the lease up of 600 to 800 beds and create that sort of consistent professional message through everyone that they talk with. 
And we still have on-site teams that are giving tours that are really focusing on, on resident retention and resident satisfaction. I think that's another really important part about what we're doing is we, we really wanted to take the sales pressure and, and really that the time it takes to be fully involved in sales and that sales responsibility off of the site team and take that responsibility onto a, a corporate you know level where we have someone who's been in the industry for five, six years and specifically through leasing. And instead of having them, you know, maybe continue from a leasing professional to a leasing manager to a AGM or a GM, which is a totally different position, really use their expertise in leasing, bring them onto a, a centralized program and allow them to to do their work for 600, 800 beds. And we've really seen the benefit of that. And I know we were talking a little bit before about this, but I was a community assistant when I first joined student housing. And I think a lot of us kind of come from that same place. And that that was traditionally, you know, the sales responsibility. A lot of it was on the community assistant. And but we're finding that people trust us just as much if they never see us face to face. We were the only ones that could get into the dorms and put the flyers under the <laughs> That is that's very true, right? Uh, but we have so many different ways of reaching reaching students and they don't require going on campus and, and doing all of that through social media and, and so many different ways. But we're finding that they're trusting us just as much, if not more, from a centralized perspective. And you know, we're always, hey, this is Kenny, hey, this is Ashley, you know, so we're always putting our name out there um, and making sure they know who they're talking to and, and you know, really put a name to who they're speaking with, even if it's just over text message. So yeah, those are some of the, the ways that we selected properties. Also, you know, just properties that might be in, like, like I said before, tertiary markets where we want to keep very talented staff and we want to select that staff and we want to keep them in the, in the company, but they don't have to feel like they're stuck in such a rigid, yeah. you know, leasing manager to assistant general manager to general manager. Instead, now they have a, a, you know, a different kind of path forward to stay with the company. Yeah. So I want to talk next about tech stack. And, and I think we've got a question here also from, um, from Matt Johnson um, along the same lines, but I, I wanted to pose this question to you, Jacob, because you guys have, have obviously invested a lot of time and, and money into it. What does that tech stack look like for you guys? We have the added challenge of because of our verticals and because we're both an owner-operated third-party client, we are we are on Entrada, we are on Yardi, we are on one site, we are on Knock. We also have Salesforce for our client communications, but that serves as our single source of truth across those different property management softwares. Mm -hmm. And then we feed it all into our BI dashboard as well. So our approach to tech was what tools are going to integrate with all of those systems and provide us the, the data that we need. Also being conscious of, and this is something I've learned through those, those demo conversations I mentioned earlier, that one company's idea of integration with a property management software is probably very different than what another would do. So there's some chats in here right now about the chat GPT tool that's that's big. If you're on, I'm, a, I'm a Twitter fiend, so if you're following it on Twitter, lots lots of conversations had about that. But it's yeah, how can you leverage that, and what does that integration look like? Where are they pulling data from? Is it just what's in the property management software, or are there other opportunities to populate those tools with information? So the tech stack that we're using right now, as I mentioned, we, we're, we've got three AI tools that we've employed just in the past six weeks here. Two of them are specific to 
leasing services. We utilize a voice tool that's called Hiro, and we use a written communication tool that's called Elise. I'd say another great one that's out there right now that, that we opted not to go with, at least in the immediate future, but we're keeping on the back burner, is a tool that's called Adam through a company, Travtis, and they have a really unique approach to their communications where they take a good amount of time to harvest all of the communications that exist, not just in your property management software, but also in all of the email communications going back and forth between the on-site team and the residents, the on-site teams and the prospects, on-site teams between one another to make their tool as informed as possible to make those to, to, to let AI answer some of those common questions. You know, to, to the comment in the chat um, from Matt, what technologies are needed? Again, it depends on what does your blueprint look like. So we started with those AI tools because we said our initial focus is going to be on just reducing the volume of incoming communications that require human involvement. If it's a question about pricing and availability and do you have a pool, what are the hours of the fitness center? Those are things that an AI tool can answer pretty quickly and get back to whether it's at midnight or seven in the morning, it's, it's this, those same response times. But what we're looking towards our next phase is building our internal contact center. That's a whole different technology stack. So that's on our blueprint that kind of dictates what technology is needed there. And for that platform, we're working with Rent Dynamics to build a, a custom contact center platform that integrates with our various property management systems to empower the future of our centralized leasing, which will be remote centralized leasing agents supporting multiple communities in our student conventional and affordable portfolios. Let's talk about those those uh, leasing professionals. Is that is that something? I mean, you get, are you guys building out a call center? Is this going to be something that's one hundred percent remote? What's what does that look like? We're specifically calling it contact center because it's not just you know for us it is not always having to be reliant on the phone, but responding back to that prospect in the way that they want to talk to us. Even if it originates with a phone call, needing a platform that if their preferred communication is text message, that we can easily convert that conversation uh, to a text message. But yes, that's that's the goal is where, you know, as we have talented team members, and I think we all experience this in the student housing industry, we may have a really talented leasing team member who is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, but at some point they are going to want to leave Tuscaloosa. And unless we're offering a remote solution for them to do their role elsewhere, we might lose those talents. So the goal is that we can, if we can work with our technology partners to build a platform that allows them to do their job remotely with all the information that an on-site team member would have, and sometimes more because we're getting real-time data feeds from a couple different sources, then even better that we can provide some new career opportunities for those team members, give them the job flexibility that everyone in the labor market is looking for, and keep that talent in-house. Great. Very cool. Kaylee, you guys, like I said earlier, you've been doing it since, I think, January of 2020. You guys built your own app, uh, at least for, for the self-guided tours love for you to share a little bit about that but my the next bullet point i've got on here is results because you guys have been at it the longest i felt like you guys could probably answer the most as to you know what do the results look like yes absolutely so the results have shown that centralizing our leasing process works and we're moving in the right direction as we continue to assess and make adjustments to the model um, since its implementation, we've been able to minimize expenses, increase our traffic volume and ability to handle it, and improve conversion rates by dividing the leasing efforts between our on-site teams and our remote sales teams. 
And we're also meeting our prospects and guests where they are, which is on their phones. So starting with the first point, we've been able to minimize our company's expenses by 25%. This includes, you know, a payroll decrease as we've been able to kind of reduce the amount of part-time team members on site because we have that remote leasing team supplementing for those people that usually come in and, you know, just do all the follow-up calls. We have dedicated full-time team members who handle that. Um, we've also been able to decrease our utility spend by centralizing our entire phone system to one cloud-based platform, which I love, by the way. It allows us to customize the entire call and texting experience, and it allows us to track analytics on the back end of these phone calls and of the texts that we're having with our prospects and residents to better assess where we need to improve our services and where we need to fill in those gaps in the leasing process. We've also been able to decrease our traveling spend. As we know, traveling team members are almost the life and bloodline of those communities that are throwing up flags. So having our remote sales team be able to work where they are also keeps the talent pool very open. We don't have to limit ourselves to certain markets to find the right talent. We can meet people where they are. So we've seen almost a 50% decrease in our travel expenditures as well. Moving to the improved traffic engagement, our total traffic increased by 54% since implementing this. Wow. And that's roughly about 5,000 leads from 2019 to just last year. Also to note and shout out our amazing marketing department, who's also an essentialized model as well. So we've eliminated sales managers and marketing managers on site. And that all comes from one department, one centralized department. So our messaging is consistent. We are also able to take that messaging, relay that to our sales teams on site who, you know, work mostly with residents, resident engagement, and who also are able to give that same consistent messaging to our remote sales team. So there's no confusion and, you know, well, I was told I was going to get this and this person said that. So we've completely eliminated that. And what also really impressed me was going back to Jacob's point, the amount of people who are more comfortable texting and behind their phones. Um, we've seen our traffic increase within incoming text messages. That's increased by 600%. So to kind of put some context there in 2019, throughout the entire year, we had about 1300 incoming text messages. In 2022, we've had 9,200 text messages, incoming text messages. But the kicker is our phone calls only increased by about 500, so 500 phone calls. So in 2019, we had about 5,400 incoming phone calls. In 2022, we had 5,900. So being able to enact a cloud-based phone system that allows us to throw people in whatever department or community they need, allows the remote sales team to access text messages from all the communities they're working with. We're able to meet people where they are when they need those questions answered. And that has also helped us translate our touring conversions to increase by about 5%. We already had a, a large touring conversion just because of our, again, super talented onsite teams but using For Show, which is our self-guided touring app that we built in-house, this 
app has significantly increased our tour conversions, where eight times out of 10, the prospect has signed a lease after taking a self-guided tour. And on top of that, we've just seen leasing performance improve overall, which I know we all as an industry have seen this improve in light of recent events, but our pre-leasing velocity has grown 70% since implementing our centralization model, essentially meaning that we're 15% ahead of where we were in 2019 and about 10% ahead of where we were in 2021. Also wanting to add to that, as I mentioned, we separate leasing. So our remote sales team focuses on lead follow-ups, new leasing efforts, and our on-site teams focus on resident engagement and renewal leasing. Because we've been able to take the follow-up, you know, busy day-to-day task from the uh, on-site teams, those teams are now able to focus 110% on giving residents the best experience. And because of this, We've seen our renewal percentages grow about 42%, meaning in 2019, we were about 38% renewed as a firm. Just last month, so end of uh, 2022, we were 54% renewed as a firm. And that has all to do with our on-site teams being able to focus 100% on giving our residents the best experience and our remote sales teams doing everything they can to educate new leads that we have and focusing and having that dedication and one-on-one communication with those follow-ups. So the centralization model overall has just been transformative and we just continue to look forward to exploring different technologies that are out there to continue to improve our model. Thanks for that synopsis on, on the results. That was some fantastic information. And we've got, I've got another poll that I just launched there as well about self-guided tours. And I'm finished asking questions, but we've got a couple of questions here in the in the chat that I wanted to put out there. We'll start with Carlos's questions. What centralized expenses are passed through to the properties? With us, essentially what we pass through to the properties are the phone bills. So the same bills that they had before. So, you know, whatever their phone spend was for the office phones, we've essentially put that into the cloud-based system we have now and those costs go back. So that's where we've seen that reduction in utility spend on sites. But that's about it. I mean, that's really the only implementation we've done so far. For show, of course, was built in-house that all of our communities access and is available for other companies and communities who want to explore that option. That's available as well. And then we just, we use Entrada for everything. So really the biggest reduction in spend was our phone bill. Gotcha. This question from Neely and Neely, I can't, my screen so far away, I can't see your last name. I know it starts with an L though. I believe the question says, how are you touring units in your centralized models? You touched on this a little bit already. (laughs) You you obviously have that self-guided tour in place, which is kind of key if you're really trying to centralize. But um, I think Kaylee hit on it as well in that, what the centralized and how we're kind of communicating this internally is a lot of our centralization efforts are thinking like top funnel of the sales efforts. It's working back and forth with those prospects to give some time back to the onsite teams so that they can give a better tour experience. They're not feeling like, oh, I've got to cut this tour short because the phone is ringing and my dashboard is all cleared up and I have to generate that lease at the end of the day. If we could start incrementally taking some of those responsibilities off of their plate through the use of centralized leasing team members or AI tools or process improvements for efficiency gains, 
that gets time back to our on-site leasing team members to give a better quality tour without feeling like they're pulled in in too many different directions. So whether it's self-guided or on-site, hopefully there's benefits on whatever that prospect, however that prospect wants to tour the community. Gotcha. Jake, we've got another question I think is for you. Uh, it's from Willie Butler with Empower Property Management Consultants. How much of the centralized leasing process is handled by AI or automation versus handled by your remote agents? We're tracking that actively right now. The metrics vary from site to site, and we want to know why do they vary so much. So at our top performing property, 85% of prospect communications are able to be handled entirely by an AI agent. That is from that time that that guest card initially comes in through the tour booking, or if they stop responding after our lead nurturing cycle ends, I mean, we end up closing out that guest card. 85% is tops. We have other communities that are at 65, 70%, with the balance being questions that have to be handed over to an, a human agent to take over. Now, we know we're never going to get to 100 because if somebody's asking about, hey, Ken signed a lease and I want to live with Ken, the AI agent's not going to know, okay, well, Ken is, we're planning on putting Ken in unit 101, bedroom A. We'll see if, you know, bedrooms B, C, and D are are available to push you in there. That's where we're gonna to have to tap that, you know, our human expertise on site. But what we're targeting right now is if we can have 80% of prospect conversations managed by AI, then we can put some time saved on that and some ROI on the tools to be able to say, if we're handling 80% based on your lead volume, that equates to X number of hours saved. And if we're looking at, you know, that would have otherwise been handled by an hourly community assistant, you know, what's the ROI on that tool? So I'd say 80% is the metric that we're tracking, but it varies asset to asset right now as we're kind of testing these out and refining what our tool deck ends up looking like. Gotcha. Well, guys, we are uh, 12 minutes past the hour, and I appreciate so much the additional time that you guys gave. We will put contact information somewhere on the website when we post the replay because I'm, there's some other questions that have come in. We just don't have time for them. Uh, hopefully, you guys can respond to those folks that, that may reach out to you, but we'll make sure that you guys have their contact information. You can also find all three of these folks on LinkedIn. So feel free to, to go there. I'm sure they will respond. Guys, thanks so much. Take care. Thanks much. Well, there you have it. As you can tell, it was, uh, there was a lot there to talk about. <laughs> and I think we only touched the surface. So we'll probably end up having a couple more discussions on the podcast or maybe another webinar on, um, certainly on centralized services. But again, this, this leasing topic is, is one that there's a lot of discussion around it. So, well, Willie, what are you going to be up to the next month or so? Well, we got IMN. We're probably at IMN currently as you're listening to this. So feel free to swing by, um, come meet me at the bar or somewhere around the area, right? Um, let's, let's have a conversation. We'd love to talk shop, pun intended. And, and just really quick, I mean, in case this does get out before IMN, uh, of course, that's a conference that is happening in Dana Point, California. If Again, I'm not sure that this is going to be out in enough time, but if you find yourself in that area of California and you want to go, there's actually a discount code that they gave for the SHI audience. And that is if you go to, I think it's, I think their website is IMN360. Again, we'll put it in the show notes, but you can enter Insight15 
for a 15% discount on the registration fee. So this is a conference that started, and well, it started the first one was in like January of 2020. You and I went together on that one. Absolutely. And um, it's growing. Things with COVID didn't help very much, but it is, it is growing. I'm not sure where they're going to do it next year, but it's kind of perfect timing for another conference. Very similar to interface in the standpoint, it's much more business development, lending and and investing focused than it is operations, you know, that you would see at a NMHC or LeaseCon, TurnCon, something like that. So yeah, if you want to, and I, and I will say, do not use the Insight 15 if you are an owner or a developer, because you get a much better discount if you choose that. So anyway. Absolutely. Then outside of that, man, um, as far as this next month, just doing God's work, trying to save the industry from a vacancy one lease at a time. And now both on the property and from a remote um, destination. Right. So, I mean, it's it's exciting. And yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what's going to take up the rest of my month and really just making sure that I end up on that 9% when it comes down to crushing these goals. Right. Yeah. Um, now is the, is the empower central, is that happening? Uh, is it currently live? Is that something that you're building out for next fall? What is that? What does that look like? It's definitely beta right now, but it's live on a few of the sites that we have currently. And it's, it's pretty much as it stands, it's a added perk to um, any clients that we're working with right now, right? Yes, they have us on the ground doing our standard work from 11 to 6 p.m. during like peak leasing hours, having a leasing specialist there. But when our specialist isn't necessarily in the office, you have us, you know, working in Power Central from 8 to 11 um, a.m. and then from 6 to 11 p.m. from a remote destination, right? So yeah. that is active. And anybody who's working with us currently, they are rolled into that, but it's going to come out, you know, in full swing here in the next month or so. Right. So stay tuned. Awesome. Well, we will um, put a link to the website in the show notes. Um, we've also got another shop talk that is coming up in February. If you're listening to this before February 9th, or if you're listening to it after February 9th, we always post everything both to our YouTube channel, as well as to the website for shop talk and that's shoptalk.info. You can go there and register to receive email updates and calendar invites. But we've got a couple of things that we're focusing on in February. DEI is a big conversation that we're having and some other things around HBCUs that we're going to be talking about. And so, yeah, would love for if you guys have not been on a shop talk yet, uh, please join again at shoptalk.info. Willie, thanks so much for your time. Wes, always a pleasure. All right. Take care.